welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you for joining us again. Going to be speaking with Dr. Angelica Irwin, board-certified clinical geneticist and internist at the Cleveland Clinic, as well as a porphyria expert and member of the Porphyria's Consortium. She's joining us to talk about acute hepatic porphyria, or AHP. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Angelica Irwin, and thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, um, and thanks for allowing me to talk about the porphyrias. Give our listeners a brief uh, look into your professional background and speak briefly on your role there at uh, the Cleveland Clinic before giving us uh, an insight into what AHP is. So absolutely. I am a board-certified internist and clinical geneticist, and I work at the Cleveland Clinic, and I see and concentrate on patients who have um, porphyrias, all kinds of porphyrias, and um, we are going to talk about the acute hepatic porphyrias today. I am a member of the Porphyrias Consortium, which is a group of experts who do research um, on the porphyrias, but also um, concentrate on doing clinical trials and treating patients with these rare diseases. Explain what porphyria is. Of course. So the acute hepatic porphyrias, or short AHP, is a family of rare genetic disorders that are characterized by potentially life-threatening acute attacks. And for some patients, they also come along with chronic manifestations and debilitating symptoms that really negatively impact their daily function and quality of life. And we have um, uh, four different types of acute hepatic porphyrias. The most common one is acute intermittent porphyria, or short AIP. And then we also have hereditary coproporphyria, short HCP, variegate porphyria, or VP. And then um, the fourth type of acute hepatic porphyria is really extremely rare. It's called ALAD deficiency porphyria, or ADP. And we really see that extremely rarely. Um, And so the um, acute porphyrias are a consequence from a genetic defect that leads to deficiencies in one of the enzymes of the heme biosynthetic pathway. And if there isn't a deficiency of one of those enzymes in that pathway, that leads to a buildup of toxins that are called aminolevulinic acid, or ALA, and porphobilinogen, or short PBG, in the liver. And there, if there is an accumulation of those substrates, they are then released um, throughout the body. And we know that ALA and PBG, so those two substances that accumulate, are very harmful to nerve cells. And they have been associated with the symptoms and um, the acute attacks that we see in patients with acute hepatic porphyria. So, Dr. Irwin, where does genetic testing fit in? So, genetic testing can be used to determine the specific type of AHP. Um, it is not current, commonly used to establish a diagnosis. Um, in a patient who does not yet carry a diagnosis of AHP, mostly because most of the individuals who carry a mutation in one of the AHP genes will never develop symptoms, and that's what we call decreased or incomplete penetrance. So just the presence of a mutation in one of the AHP genes is not sufficient to say this patient has AHP. It really depends on the urinary ALN PBG levels. So, but in a patient who has the biochemical findings that are consistent with AHP, we do recommend genetic testing to make sure we know what the underlying cause is. And that result can then be used to test relatives and family members um, who may also be carrying this specific genetic mutation and who may be at risk to develop symptoms of AHP. And for those patients who are identified to carry one of those mutations, we do recommend avoiding 
trigger factors that we know can um, cause acute hepatic porphyria attacks. What are some of the triggers that uh, precede an attack? So the, the triggers that we know can cause acute hepatic porphyria attacks are certain medications, mostly those that interfere with the cytochrome P450 system in the liver, um, certain hormones or hormone preparations, alcohol, smoking, stress, and fasting. And so those are some of the common triggers that we recommend patients avoid um, in order not to trigger acute hepatic porphyria attacks. We also recommend that um, before changing a medication or starting a new medication, a patient with AHP talk to their doctor to make sure that this particular, medita- this particular medication is not one of the med- medications that we know can cause an acute um, attack. You mentioned some debilitating symptoms. Um, describe those symptoms and are they identical regardless of the type of porphyria? So, you know, people experience acute hepatic porphyria differently and the symptoms can really vary quite widely. So, um, the most common symptoms um, that patients experience when they have these acute porphyria attacks are severe unexplained abdominal pain that is not localized, that is really diffused in the abdomen. Um, and that pain can often go along with nausea, vomiting, um, uh, constipation or diarrhea, um, seizures, um, if in very severe cases, seizures, patients often say that they experience a lot of anxiety as well as depression that is worse with acute attacks. And then often they also describe that they have pain in their limbs, back or chest. Um, patients who have acute um, symptomatic porphyria, who have acute attacks, tend to be um, mostly female, um, and age of onset is usually after puberty, so late teens or in their 20s and 30s. The symptoms that you describe can be associated with so many different conditions. How does a physician know when to expect AHP? Hmm. That's a very good question because you're right. The, the nature of the AHP signs and symptoms is really rather nonspecific and can often lead to misdiagnoses um, of very common or more common conditions such as irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Fibromyalgia is a diagnosis that patients often are being given before the correct diagnosis is made. Endometriosis, appendicitis. Um, And so somebody has to have a very low threshold for testing and a very high level of suspicion um, uh, so that the diagnosis is not being missed. you know, if if there is an unexplained abdominal pain um, that is, especially if it's recurrent, that already would be enough of a reason to test for acute hepatic porphyria because it is treated differently and missing the diagnosis can have a very negative impact on the patient's clinical management. You said that it affects mostly women. Are, are there ethnicity indications within that population? There really aren't. So mm-hmm. AHP affects people of all races, of all ethnicities, Um, all ages and genders, but really most cases are seen in women between the ages of 15 and 45. We rarely see it in younger women, um, even less commonly in younger males. Um, And like I mentioned, we we most commonly see it in women. We can see it in males also, but but in general, there's really no predilection for, for any specific group. Is this something that can be suspected without the intervention of a physician? Um, what should someone do if they suspect that they have AHP or have been told that they have AHP? Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you if you have a suspicion, if and in if, if you're a patient, you have the suspicion that your symptoms may be due to acute hepatic porphyria. The testing can really only be done through a physician because it has to be ordered. It's a lab test. So, I think the the first step um, would be to. Um, uh, for the patient to talk to a physician, and for the physician, if there is a if there's a suspicion that this patient may have AHP, the first step would be to to do a urine test. And with this urine test, we're looking for an elevation of those two substances that I mentioned earlier: propobilinogen or PDG, aminolivolinic acid or ALA. And then we also always recommend to get um, porphyrin levels because those can sometimes help us. Um, further narrow down which type of acute porphyria is present if ALA and PBG are significantly elevated. And the the most appropriate time to do this urine test, and it doesn't have to be a 24-hour urine test, it can be on a spot urine, can be on a spot urine, but the most appropriate time to do the test is really while a patient is experiencing acute hepatic porphyria symptoms or shortly after an attack. Um, and that is because sometimes the levels of ALA and PBG can normalize between attacks. <clears throat> so we really would like to catch them um, while they're still having symptoms or shortly after the attack has ended. Um, and like I mentioned, if we if there is a significant elevation of ALA and PBG present, that will be consistent with a diagnosis of acute hepatic porphyria. We frequently see very mild elevations of some of the porphyrins, and that alone is not enough to establish the diagnosis. I also want to mention that it is important that the urine sample is like protected um, to make sure that we get an accurate result. Do you have any uh, further recommendations for how healthcare providers and patients can can work together as far as disease? So uh, you know, if somebody right, no, if somebody has is diagnosed with acute hepatic porphyria, um, it is we always recommend to take a team approach because those patients really can develop. Um, involvement or symptoms of multiple organ systems. And so especially in a person who has recurrent acute posterior attacks, there can be long-term complications, and those can include chronic neuropathic pain, hypertension. Often those patients um, develop chronic kidney disease and also liver disease. And so those patients often um, require a multidisciplinary team. So we really recommend um, establishing care with a with a different specialist just to make sure that all the different aspects of the disease are being treated. And then, you know, being in contact with a porphyria specialist who really knows how to treat the disease is always very helpful. Well, where can our listeners go online and get some more information about AHP and uh, rare diseases in general? Of course. So for more information about acute hepatic porphyria, I would um, recommend um, visiting El Nalem's disease education website, which is pinpointahp.com. Well, Dr. Irwin, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Angelica Irwin, board-certified clinical geneticist and internist at the Cleveland Clinic. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.